Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th Annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Adam Farino. He's a regional personal training manager at Equinox. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you've kind of done and are, are doing is actually really cool, kind of from obviously like a training side, but also kind of from a business side. And I think some of the things that we'll talk about today can really benefit anybody kind of looking to do something, you know, in a, in a kind of physical business. But maybe before we kind of get into all that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I actually, I grew up in New York. I was born and raised uh, in Queens, so in the city. Mm-hmm. And then as my family got a little bit larger, they wanted to give us more of that suburban experience. So we actually moved out to Long Island. In particular, I grew up in, in East Meadow, which is in Nassau County. Okay. Um, from there, uh, after I kind of excelled through sports, especially in high school, I was a baseball player. Okay. At that time, I started shopping around and, and wanted to play at the university level. So I went to the Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut, where um, I played for four years. And then I also got my undergraduate degree in biology as well. Okay. Spent a little bit of my upbringing and my education. And then I also went to grad school okay. at the University of Nebraska. And I came to this crossroads in my life where I had studied biology, but I didn't want to go the pre-med route. And I said, how can I marry both the biology with fitness or, or in this case with sports and I thought that strength and conditioning coaching and the fitness realm was, was the perfect scenario so that's why I went to the University of Nebraska for nutrition and exercise science. Okay no that's that's interesting so you graduate kind of walk me through your career and maybe some career highlights up until kind of your current position now. Sure yes yeah, so I originally started in sports performance I was doing that for two years um, out of a small location in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and then I was brought out to LA um, and started with the Equinox program back in early 2009. Okay. So I started as just a personal trainer. Um, in, in these locations, you're responsible for building your own business. So I would walk around, talk to people, um, go over what their exercise programs have been up to this point, give them suggestions, and basically built my business from zero clients to about 25. And in personal training, having 25 clients is a lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Most people are, yeah, most people are training multiple times a week. I, I've had people train you know, five or six days a week for an hour and a half a piece. But I've also worked with people 
that kind of wants to do more of a check-in in between once a week. So I did that um, for about nine months, but really I wanted to dive into the business side of what personal training uh, offered. So I was only a trainer at that location for about nine months and got promoted uh, to a fitness manager. And what their job responsibilities are is really the education. So my background was more on the sciences. Um, so they thought I'd be a great fit for that position. And I really focused on exercise programming and how to customize programs based on someone's goals. I did that for two years. And then I actually got into the personal training manager role, which is more on the business side. And the club that I worked in was in West Hollywood, right on Sunset Boulevard there. So it's kind of it's kind of like the mecca of fitness, per se. I know people will say Gold's Gym down in Venice Beach is the mecca. Okay. But this is, this is really more about health and wellness versus just a traditional bodybuilding culture. Okay. And I managed that location for about five years as a personal training manager, um, and we really increased the business there, almost doubled it. So to give you an idea, we were doing about $200,000 in revenue uh, when I first took over. Okay. And by the time I went to open up my new location in Hollywood, we were doing about $450,000 in revenue. Oh, wow. So a little over, That's huge. Yeah, a little over 100% increase. So then I, I, I transferred over to Hollywood, um, had, had to hire a bunch of people. Okay. So we did about 150 interviews, found our 20 best candidates. Um, we trained them for basically two months before the doors even opened. And then we started establishing the culture of that location built that business up to do about 2,000 sessions a month, wow. uh, which is about 275000 in revenue. And then I went over to the Miracle Mile location, which is just opened about three months ago, but it's already doing almost $150,000 in revenue. Wow. So I've been in locations where we had to kind of build the business and it wasn't necessarily in the best place, but I've also gone into locations um, and, and created the culture from the get-go. Okay. No, that's that's very cool. So walk me through kind of a, a, a traditional kind of day for you because you got like obviously you're, you're doing some personal training stuff, but then you're also kind of doing obviously the business side of things and then you're probably doing just kind of dealing with the day-to-day -day kind of, you know, staff kind of issues, good or bad. Is that fair to say? That That is 100% fair to say. Um you know, we always hope that we walk through the door. Most of the issues are better rather than worse. Sure. But it is definitely definitely a split. So normally my day, I consist of about waking up 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll start making my own breakfast, head in. It takes me about 45 minutes to an hour to get into work. So I'll get in about 6, 6.30. Um, and then the first thing I really do is go through any of the new members that we've acquired over the last two or three days and try to reach out to them. So my job is also to support my staff and help them build a business on an individual level. Because when that happens, obviously, the department also grows, too. Right. So I start off by reaching out to them. Uh, at 6.30 in the morning, it's never a pleasure to call people. So we usually start with the emails in the morning. We'll do calls later in the day. <laughs> right. And at that point, I almost do a slight needs assessment. And what I mean by that is I'll ask them a couple of questions like their current fitness goals, uh, what injuries they may have or have had in the past, if they have any preferences as far as a specialty within a trainer, because you do have trainers who will be more fluent with corrective exercise or boxing. We want to make sure that they enjoy their experience. And then also schedule is a big deal too. Um, obviously as trainers get a little bit busier, it does make them a little bit more difficult as far as sliding into their schedule. So we'll start off by doing that. And then a lot of it's really meetings with staff individually throughout the day to work on skills. And 
I'd say the biggest misconception that a lot of trainers have when they first jump into the industry is they just think, I'm going to write exercises on a paper and be able to walk people through it. But training is so much more about building relationships with people and being able to communicate effectively. So we work a lot on those soft skills and do a lot of practice and role play on how to communicate things that are supportive to a member, to a client, and they feel like that you actually genuinely care about them so that way you can convert them over uh, into a traditional training client as well. So okay. we have those meetings developmental. Um, in my location right now, too, we also have a uh, – it's called PureX, which is a medical concepts aspect to personal training. So they run you through the, you know, the little mask that you'll put on and, and run on the treadmill. It measures your oxygen consumption and your CO2 output, and it tells us how your body uses certain substrates, that mean being proteins, carbohydrates, and fats for energies. Uh, so we kind of run through some practice with that on a regular basis. Um, and then from there, I also have some of my own clients still as well. So it's a little bit of a developmental role. It's a majority developmental role. It's a little bit more on, on business development for, for my people individually in, in the club. And then also I still have uh, a few clients that I work with who, uh, who I'm truly passionate about and, and enjoy spending some time with them and, and changing their lives in a positive way. No, I, I think that's great, man. And that's actually kind of interesting. And like I was telling you kind of before, I'm probably not the, I, like, I, I would be almost like a challenge client, I think, because <laughs> I have always kind of struggled with, um, I'm not like overweight, but like, I, I could be a lot fitter than I currently am. And I think part of the problem is, is like, just getting to motivate, like, say, somebody like myself has to be a pretty big challenge sometimes. Like, I get that if I'm accountable to somebody and I need to be somewhere, it's probably easier. Um, but getting somebody like myself over that kind of hump where they're coming on a regular basis must be a huge challenge sometimes. You know, it, it really is. Uh, the, the thing is, you have to try to understand why that person's sitting in front of you, and it's different for everyone. Sure. Uh, for some people, it may be, you know, keeping up with their children. For some people, it may be to live an independent life, especially as we get older. And then it is Hollywood. It is the Los Angeles area. So sure. some people, it is just looking good or, or getting ready for that next role. But there is a reason why they're sitting down in front of you. You just got to kind of figure it out and then always go back to it. So if you're consistently reminding them of why they're there and why they're trying to be a better version of themselves, it helps hold them accountable and keep them motivated. And also keeping uh, open communication throughout the day and the week is also important. You know, if you're only training someone once or twice a week, uh, there's a lot of downtime, right? So there's sure. 170 some odd hours in a week. And if you're only working with them one-on-one -on -one twice a week, well, there's a lot of opportunity for them to kind of stray. So just make sure that you're consistently keeping up with them and, and checking in and to show you care that you're invested and it helps hold them accountable. Because in a sense, they don't want to let you down either as their fitness professional. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. That's interesting. So I, I know you kind of mentioned it before too. Like you guys seem to be doing some pretty cool stuff kind of with technology and, and a bunch of kind of athletes. Do you kind of want to walk me and the listener through kind of what you guys are doing in those spaces? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is anytime that we have someone who's a high performance living type person or has to get ready for a specific athletic event, uh, we do really extensive testing, not just your traditional body fat measurement, but we really try to gear the testing towards what's ever relevant to their goals. 
So, for example, um, if we have a basketball athlete and we're trying to make them more explosive, we're going to do some kind of testing. We might test their vertical jump. We might test their power output based off how much force they can generate accelerating from the ground. And then from there, we customize their program based on those results, and we consistently retest. So what the technology does is allows us to give us, it gives us data points as a starting position, and then it gives us uh, further information as we start to manipulate their program to make sure that the programming is the most effective for the athlete. So to have someone be able to jump uh, a 34-inch vertical and to see them just eight, nine, ten weeks later to be able to elevate their vertical to 37 or 38 inches is very significant. Sure. And especially as you have the athlete who's maybe going from the college level to the professional level, um, it could elevate their draft status, which would also change, obviously, their situation financially as well. So okay. the technology allows us to grab more data. And then from there, that data uh, allows us to identify if the program's effective and what changes we can make to make it more effective for the athlete. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. So do you also kind of help with like nutrition and kind of meal planning? Is that something you guys do? Yeah, 100%. So the higher level trainers within the Equinox culture are certified in nutrition. Um, I guess I have a little bit of a leg up just to give you a a little bit more of the background. When I went to graduate school, my grad degree is primarily in nutrition. So I was doing nutritional coaching before Equinox even had it as part of their system. But (laughs) what we notice is that putting the proper fuel in your body is just as an effective tool as being part of the appropriate workout or the best workout for your goal. So it's really a combination of uh, the, the food that we consistently consume on a daily basis, but also the exercise and the movement that we do to accelerate your results. No, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So for people that are maybe like myself that are, I don't know, a little bit, well, not traditionally known for going to a club, like what do you kind of tell them to at least maybe start on the journey to potentially working up to coming to see somebody like yourself? Because I think in a lot of cases, it's a little bit intimidating. And I'm like, I'm speaking from my own kind of experience and kind of thoughts on this is like coming to see somebody like yourself when I haven't really done a lot in the last few years is kind of intimidating. 100%. And I would say this, everyone's fitness journey has a different starting point. And it's not about necessarily comparing yourself to others. Just know that wherever you are at this point, uh, when you do, let's say, hire a fitness professional, that you're going to elevate your fitness level and you're basically going to get better each and every day that you're coming into a gym or someone's coming to your home, uh, whatever have you. But I I would say is I understand why people feel intimidated and people will sometimes tell you that they want to get fit before they start working with the trainer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, to be transparent, I would say 96% of the time that doesn't work because that's like going to a doctor and saying, I want to get healthy before I come see you. Okay, interesting. Right? So the reason why you're seeking out that that fitness professional is because they're going to create an appropriate program to get you to results. And I I think trainers get the wrong mantra. They get the wrong – they're seeing in the wrong light, per se. Okay. Everyone sees Julian Michaels on TV and it's, you know, burpees and jumping and running. And that's not really true. You really have to customize 
the exercise program to the person in front of you. So if, if it's something where we have to work on just the bare basics, that's where we'll start. And then obviously we'll elevate you as your body starts to become more familiar with exercise. Okay, sure. So for people like myself that kind of work at, at a desk job, because a lot of people that would probably are probably going to listen to the show are kind of probably work a desk job. Is there anything outside of maybe coming to see somebody like yourself a couple of times a week that they should potentially try to do throughout the, the work week, you know, uh, just even at their desk or kind of just go for a walk during the day? Or, or is there anything around that you could give kind of some advice on? 100%. So if, if you're someone that is sedentary throughout the day, getting up, whether it's be on your lunch break and just going outside and walking around either your building, your home, your neighborhood, just for 10 to 15 minutes a day can make a significant difference. Okay. Um, what tends to happen is as we sit down, the areas around our hips and our hamstrings get very, very tight because our body gets accustomed to being in that position. So we basically want to take you out of your seat okay. or take you out of a seated position because it'll help your body move more effectively um, and obviously increase your metabolism, the fact that you're out there burning some more calories. A stand-up desk is also a great, I guess, option as well if, if you're able to, to afford a stand-up desk or sure. um, just want to get out of the pattern of being seated all the time, I'd highly recommend that as well. So I'm curious to get your thoughts because like there's a few stand-up desks kicking around the office that I work in and um, you know I've worked had them at other offices. Some of them go kind of up and down so you can like sit part of the day, stand part of the day. Do you recommend kind of switching it up or do you say like if you have a standing desk, just stand? No, switch it up. And again, okay. this is about what's comfortable for you. So if you're someone who's already accustomed to sitting for eight hours a day, you know, don't just go from being seated to being standing for eight. Just challenge yourself like you would if you were in a gym. So today I'm going to sit for seven hours, but I'm going to stand for one. Okay. And you do that for a full week. The next week you sit for six and a half hours, you stand for an hour and a half and you basically build up stamina because even though you're not moving, you are going to be more burning more calories just by standing and you're going to need to build a little bit of work capacity in order to do so. Sure. And it sounds like instead of just trying to go like standing eight hours a day, seven or five days a week, just kind of do it incrementally, right? 100%. Okay. People will tend to get burnt out. Even if you're going into a traditional gym and exercise program, uh -huh. you do not want to go from doing nothing to working out seven days a week. It's, it's, you might be able to handle that for about a week or two, but most people will become inconsistent. Uh, just because the stress that you're putting on your body on top of other things that we go through in life where the family, friends, work, um, it, it just adds to that that stress. So okay. people tend to get burned out and then they'll fall off. Yeah, no, that's fair. What are your thoughts on kind of like, you read sometimes, it was trendy maybe a few years ago, um, like either sitting on like an exercise ball or getting one of those like exercise ball chairs where like the ball sits in kind of like a, a wheeled kind of base and there's like a back. Do you have any thoughts on those? Yeah, they are great for core stability, so I don't want to minimize that. Uh, it's definitely like a progression from being in a traditional seat. Okay. However, you still want to get up out of that position from time to time as well. So don't just rely on, on sitting on the ball and saying, hey, well, it's an unstable surface, so um, it's more effective, which is true, it is, but you still want to get up and out of that position from time to time as well. Okay. No, that's, that's great. Is there, is there anything else that you kind of tell people just kind of on a, on a day-to-day -day basis to, to think about when they're maybe working at a desk job or, 
or maybe they're out and about. Like, is there anything that they should do if they're a little bit more active in their job? Yeah, if, if you're a little bit more active in the job, that point too, it's important that you don't forget that nutritionally, it's such a large part of, of the way you feel and also just your overall results. So being able to eat on a regular basis, I would say even as a fitness professional, my biggest area of opportunity to be a better version of myself is to make sure that I eat more regularly. I'm, it's very easy to fill my schedule with meetings and clients and, and, and workshops, but what tends to happen is I forget about myself. Make sure that you still make yourself a priority, uh, whether that is being consistently active or eating on a regular basis in order to, to keep your vessel the best it possibly can. Sure. And if you're someone that just wants to make some additional changes as you are at the, at the best place, and we talk nutritionally, there are a lot of great healthy food options that you can kind of keep around your desk that don't necessarily need things like refrigeration and okay. something that you can snack on throughout the day, which again will keep your metabolism high and, uh, and change your body in the ways that you want to change it. Sure. Do you have some good examples of those? Yeah, trail mixes, trail mixes in particular are great. Okay. Uh, normally they have a good balance of some healthy sugar with the fruit, but they also have nuts which are higher in fats and higher in proteins, and fats will, will normally get a bad rap as well. Fats actually something that helps supply our metabolism with the right nutrients to make it more effective. Okay. Uh, so trail mixes are great, and then they also have, you know, things like you hear a traditional, um, I guess, exercise or fitness enthusiasts talk about things like uh, beef jerkies or as natural as you can as far as like bars, supplemental bars. I really love perfect bars in particular. They use all natural ingredients. Those are fantastic as well. Okay. No, that's that's interesting. The other thing that I'm kind of curious about <clears throat> is, is there anything that you kind of recommend maybe either people that are active during out throughout the day, like at a job, maybe they're in construction or something, or or somebody that sits at a desk. Like, is there types of foods or food groups that they should maybe eat for breakfast or lunch that can kind of help them get through the day? Because I think sometimes, in speaking from kind of experience, you know, two three o'clock rolls around and you kind of hit that like wall where you're like you need yeah. a coffee or you're you're ready for a nap or you know I, I can't be alone in that right. <laughs> I. I... A nap, believe it or not, is, is highly beneficial in the middle of the day. Okay. And I wish more companies would actually go to that. But they, they actually have come out with studies that um, if, if you only had 20 minutes, would it be better off if you spent 20 minutes napping if you really needed to sleep or 20 minutes exercising and the 20-minute nap was significantly more beneficial just for your body's recovery, but also just for your cognitive functions as well. As far as when it comes to you know, eating throughout the day to keep you fueled, normally when we get into those early afternoon hours, like, yes, we do hit that wall. But what that normally tells us is that we didn't supply our body with the right nutrients throughout the entire day. Okay. So every meal, if I would kind of break it down and keep it as simple as possible, if you take a traditional plate and you would cut it into quadrants, the way you want to lay it out is one quadrant should be some kind of protein. So you have you know, your fish, your eggs, your chicken, your beef, your pork. Another quadrant would be some kind of grain. So whether it be rice, um, quinoa, um, some kind of potato. And then the other half of the plate should be some kind of vegetable source. Okay. And I'm breaking it down a little bit more traditionally. No, it's but, good. You know, to kind of marry it all together, you can make something like in the morning 
which would be a like egg and spinach omelet. So that gives you both your vegetable source, that gives you your protein source as well, and you kind of bang out both at the same time. So if you were to think about the plate, think about it in quadrants, and that allows your body the appropriate nutrients to sustain you for, throughout your entire day. Okay. And, and for people that maybe don't have, you know, can't make like an omelet every morning, you know, maybe during the week, is there, is there something quick that you'd recommend that they could either maybe eat on the drive or their commute? Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult in the morning times because okay. we tend to, you know, just kind of get ready and go. In this case, having some kind of supplemental food is beneficial. If you have some kind of protein powder or something like that in the morning and add some kind of greens to it, that's always great. Okay. The other thing I would really suggest for people that are really on a specific time schedule and don't necessarily have the time to prep their own food is there's a lot of great uh, meal prep services that are out there that will do all the cooking for you. And then all you do is really have to put it into a microwave or sometimes just even carry it with you and you can eat it wherever you go, whether you're traveling or, or um, at home, but just busy with the kids. Those are great options and I highly recommend people look into those. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and then I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on kind of dinner then. We kind of covered the rest of the day, but like, what do you kind of recommend for dinner if you're kind of, you know, trying to live this healthier lifestyle? Yeah. So it's kind of very similar to the way we talked about cutting up the plate already. Um, I try not to eat myself just too much red meat. There are some health risks associated with over consuming red meat. So okay. normally in the evenings, I'll do some either fish or chicken base as part of my protein. My vegetables, I guess the other cool thing about dinner time is to make your plate as colorful as pasta. So even by taking, if you go to a grocery store, you just see the cauliflower. Mm -hmm. You see your traditional cauliflower, which is normally a white color. But then you'll see a purple one, you see an orange one, you see a yellow one. And believe it or not, that color does supply different vitamins and minerals in your food. So you definitely want to diversify. Don't try to just eat the same thing repetitively, number one. Um, it doesn't become monotonous. Sure. <laughs> you actually will maybe enjoy the food. And secondly, it does help vary the vitamins and minerals that you're already taking in as well. So it's kind of the same thing. You have your protein quadrant, you have your two vegetable quadrants, and then you have your green quadrant as well. No, okay. That, that's interesting. I, I know you didn't really mean what I'm about to ask, but like you mentioned kind of getting vit different vitamins from different foods. Is there kind of different vitamins that people should be taking kind of throughout kind of the day or, or at least like once a day? And, and I get it's probably a little bit different based on kind of geographic location. Maybe you need to take more of something in certain parts of the year compared to maybe other places in, in the country. But is there kind of a general rule that you say like you should be kind of taking, is it like a multivitamin daily or vitamin D or a combo or, or what do you kind of recommend there? Yeah, for males, males are a little bit different. Males will be more a traditional multivitamin. Uh, okay. We do a pretty good job of, of supplementing through our food. But for females, their, their profiles are slightly different. So what we also want to do is, is think about longevity factors. Women do have a higher risk of osteoporosis. Okay. So consuming some kind of vitamin D supplement and some kind of calcium supplement would be super important. And then also women tend to be more anemic than men, so they do lose iron. Okay. Um, having some kind of iron supplement would also be beneficial. So for males... Traditional multivitamin for women, you would have your multivitamin 
an iron type of supplement, and then a vitamin D and a calcium supplement. Okay. No, that that's really good advice. So I, I kind of want to dive back a little bit into maybe the training side of things. What I, And I get it's going to be a bit different for everybody, but what do you kind of traditionally say how many times a week should people try to, to do something? Like, is it twice a week? Is it three times a week? Is it for 30 minutes? Is it for an hour? How, what do you kind of originally kind of maybe start somebody off with? Or, or maybe somebody that's kind of been doing it for a while. How, how often should they be kind of concentrating on this in, in a week? Sure. So the person who is breaking back into exercise three days a week for an hour piece is going to be the most beneficial. Okay. And what that allows you to do is also break up your week a little bit so you have some recovery time. Especially in those first few weeks, you're going to feel a little bit more sore. That's totally normal. Those muscles that were sleeping are going to reactivate. Right. So going in on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that way you have a full day of rest in between, or a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, that's super beneficial because it's the, it's the appropriate balance of exercise stress but the right amount of rest for your body to fully recover. Okay. For someone who's a little bit more avid of a fitness enthusiast who's maybe been doing it for quite some time, if they can go to if they can go to five days a week, that's fantastic. You know, and same thing for a full hour. What people tend to do, especially as they've been exercising for quite some time, it's almost the opposite problem. They tend to overdo it and they don't allow their body to recover. And that could be just as detrimental to someone's fitness results as uh, someone who doesn't necessarily commit to going into a gym or commit to being active on a regular basis. Yeah, no, that's that's actually really good advice. Is there a better time of day to potentially like go to some some place like Equinox and actually work out? Like, is it is the morning better? Is lunchtime better? Is nighttime better? Because I, I know there's even gyms that are open like 24 hours. Like, is there a good time of day or it doesn't really matter? If if it was a client sitting in front of me. I'd always recommend coming in prior to work okay. because it also tends to make them more effective throughout their day, make their day more efficient. Okay. However, you also have to understand that, that people have lives outside of just exercise. So really, if you can get in whenever you can get in, that's the most important thing. If you can optimize it by coming in before work, if it's possible, then that's even better. But just, just get in when you can. Okay. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on where do you think kind of the industry is going? Because it seems like, and I'm coming from kind of the more technical side of this, like you see advertisements for, you know, treadmills at home where you can like work out with a trainer on like a screen in front of you and, you know, it's synced to the internet and your apps on your phone. Like, do you see that kind of trend coming and more technology coming in into kind of the, the personal training fitness space? Or, or where do you kind of see the industry going? Yes, you definitely see that happening. All the equipment that we have now is integrated into some kind of technological piece, whether that's an app to track your progress, or you can even actually use a QR code and, and just scan your phone there, and it will pop up on how to demonstrate and how to use the piece of equipment. So we definitely see technology being more and more integrated into fitness. Okay. There's now a lot of online coaching as well. Mm -hmm. If there's someone that necessarily can't make it into uh, to a gym, into an Equinox, you can actually just download a program, you know, for, for a couple of bucks a month and it will give you the guidance that you'll need to, in order to be successful. So we definitely see technology being integrated more and 
for a fitness professional, I love it because it's data. And, right. and training to a certain degree is science. So the more data we have, the more that we can actually customize your program and challenge you in, a, in an appropriate way. So, yeah, technology, it, it's growing. We see it coming into the fitness market, and we don't expect it to slow down anytime soon. Okay. Do you find that, like, something like gamification or, or trying to get, like, a workout buddy or a few of you to kind of go um, together, does that stuff kind of help, or is that kind of an old kind of fad? No, it, it works. And you see it more on a, a traditional basis with something like a CrossFit. Okay. The, people, the, the reason why people love CrossFit is because they like being in that social environment. Okay. So at Equinox, we actually have a group class, and it blends technology and competition or gamification. It has, it's called a pursuit. And basically, all the bikes within our spin classes are linked to a screen in front of you. And based on your performance, you will see your dot, which represents your bike, um, either climb on the screen or it'll come back down towards the base of the screen, depending on how you are uh, competing against other people in the class. And I guess the other great part about that is it's not only just you versus everybody, but during certain games, it will team you up with other people in the class. So it gives you an opportunity to encourage others, especially if you're an ultra competitive type person. It does motivate you. It pushes you. And it gives you that social support that people enjoy. Sure. Okay. No, that's that's interesting. So I was kind of looking like on, on your guys' website. You guys have kind of locations, well, throughout North America. Do you maybe want to maybe highlight some of the locations that you're a part of and maybe in other some big maybe state markets that, that people can actually go to an Equinox and, and actually uh, try out kind of everything you guys offer? Yeah, so we are in, uh, we have 92 locations as of right now, and we are wow. primarily in the United States, but we also are in Canada as well, mostly in Toronto and Vancouver. So if you live in those areas, you know, go check out the Equinox. And then we're also overseas in London as well. Okay. So cool. all the major metropolitan areas, we have New York, we have D.C., Boston, Miami, um, Los Angeles, San Diego, we have some locations down there in Dallas, Texas, Chicago, and we're expanding. We're always looking for new markets to jump into. Um, no, that's 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 really great. So, does your membership work at kind of any one of them, or, or does it is it just based on one location? Yeah, so they have different levels. There is okay. a select location, just one. Okay. Uh, they have an all access, which is probably about ninety five percent, and then we have a thing called the executive level, which is any club, any time that you want. And there's only certain clubs that are considered part of the executive level package. So out here in Los Angeles, our West LA location would be one of them. Okay. If you ever come to LA and you go to West, the West LA Sports Club, it's like, it's like working out in the mall. The place is absolutely huge. Racquetball courts, tennis courts, basketball courts. It's, got, it's a compound. It's got literally everything. So that's kind of the, the executive level um, membership of the Equinox. Okay, very cool. And and then just for people that maybe tuned in a little bit later to the recording, which locations could they potentially come see you or, or some somebody on your staff? Sure. So I've worked in four. Um, I started at West Hollywood, which is right there on Sunset Boulevard. Sure. I think at the West Hollywood, if you ever get a chance to be in L.A., uh, you got to go. It's just an amazing culture. Um, obviously, it is Los Angeles. All the people are beautiful. It's just kind of a fun environment to be in. Sure. Um, you can also go to the Hollywood location, 
Hollywood's had a completely different feel, a little bit more nightlifey, a little bit grungy, but super cool. And then you have Miracle Mile, which is a little bit more swanky. It's across from the La Brea Tar Pits. Definitely has more of a high-end feel. And now I'm currently over at our Beverly Hills location, which is located right off of Rodeo Drive under the William Morris Endeavor offices. Okay. So they all have a little different feel, but they're all fantastic. That's very cool, man. So I, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I, I definitely want to kind of cover um, your involvement with kind of the Media Excellence Awards. I'm actually going to be there next Thursday, so, so we'll get, in, get to meet in person. But how did you kind of get involved with that? Yeah, so I was, I was lucky enough uh, three years ago to meet Sarah Miller, who runs uh, the MEAs. And I started working with her on a regular basis. So she would come in, excuse me, she would come and see me three or four days a week and she would constantly talk about the awards. So, so she would come and ask me to, to either help out or to come and present. Um, this year she actually has asked me to come present uh, the technological piece on health and wellness. Sure. Uh, if my schedule allows me, I'll also be there on the 18th. Um, that's how I got involved. And I hope that, you know, going forward, she'd keep asking me to come back because it's a great event. The people that you that you meet through the MEAs are fantastic. And it's just a good time. Uh, we all get together to be able to celebrate our accomplishments, the accomplishments of others. So it really is a win-win for everybody. No, that's that's really great, man. But Adam, we're, we're coming to the end of the show. So maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself at Equinox. Sure. Um, if you want to get more information about myself, we're currently working on updating my, my website, which is farinofitness.com, so it's F-A-R-I-N-O, fitness.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Equinox, uh, it's very similar. You can go on to equinox.com. You can learn about what locations are closest to you, what our class schedules look like, and then also what our fitness professionals can do for you on a, on a daily basis as far as bringing out the best in you. Perfect, Adam. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy schedule to be on the show, and I look forward to meeting you in person, and have a good rest of your day. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to meeting you as well. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. You got it. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.